What's going on, Football MD fam? Thank you all for tuning in to episode 56 of the Football MD podcast. My name is Michael Bowling. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Daniel Ronan. And today, we are taking a full turn towards fantasy football. I'm super excited for this episode. We're going to be covering our positional rankings starting at the quarterback position today and over the next few weeks we'll be going through running backs wide receivers and tight ends as well and the first thing I realized when setting my rankings was that you should really just be waiting on a quarterback I know this is what we both said our strategy was last season and if anything that's more solidified in my mind going into the 2019 season unless you're in a super flex league you should really be waiting on a quarterback last season the differential between the quarterback eight and the quarterback 14 was less than one point per game so reaching on a guy it's really not worth it there's still valuable options later on in the draft yeah and we're both in agreement that pretty much means that Yes, your top tier guys, we got to acknowledge that the top tier guys, like, for example, Patrick Mahomes last year, is going to pay major dividends for your fantasy team. But there was only one Patty Mahomes last year. (laughs) And the chances of you getting that player aren't very likely because it's not always who you think it's going to be. Not many people thought it was going to be Patrick Mahomes last year. Exactly. So. You got to make sure to get the value where you can. And yes, the first best quarterback might pay huge dividends. But we're talking about is after that first guy, then they all get real similar real quick. They're going to have good weeks. They're going to have bad weeks. But we'll get right into it. And obviously, the guy that we both agree is the one guy yep. you might think about reaching for, Patty Mahomes. And I, I, you look like you got a ton of notes on him. I don't <laughs> think we have that. We need that many notes on Patrick Mahomes. His... 2018 was self-explanatory, great for fantasy football, literally Peyton Manning prime stats with 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. In his real first year as a starter, you can almost say in the NBA, he would have rookie eligibility in that season. So absolutely incredible. And, you know, obviously they might take a step back because they did lose personnel, even if they st- take a step back, you're talking about 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. I'll take that all day. Yeah, and I currently have the most confidence in him to produce those top-tier numbers yet again. That's why he's my number one quarterback as well. But I also I just don't think the gap between Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the quarterback group will be as drastic as it was in 2018. So right now, I'm, I looked, his current ADP is in the back of the seventh round, or actually middle of the seventh round at 207. So, and of course, we know that's going to fluctuate from now until draft season, but that's too high of a price for me to pay at quarterback at the quarterback position. How do you feel about that? Would you reach for Mahomes there, 207? That's a little too high for me. I'm definitely not touching a quarterback before the third round. There's no way in the second round I'm drafting quarterback. Sorry. Yeah, and, and just because you only have to play one quarterback. Like I said, unless you're in a super flex league, you have to play two running backs, two wide receivers. You have a flex position. And now if you think Mahomes is going to repeat, if you think he's going to throw another 50 touchdowns, another 5,000 yards, if you guaranteed me that he's going to produce that type of that those levels of production yet again in 2019, he'll be in, he'll be in the first round for me. But we know those numbers, they just don't repeat year in and year out. He had an 8.6% touchdown rate last season. We know that's going to regress. That's just the way that it works. I mean, Aaron Rodgers' career rate is 6.2%. Patrick Mahomes is great. I'm not slating him in as a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers right now at this time. And I will. I will. He's the best in the NFL. (laughs) No, no, no. Hands down, he's the best in the NFL. For skill-wise, in my opinion. But that's a different conversation. Well, he might be best in the NFL, but... 
2.4% touchdowns better than Aaron Rodgers. I don't know, but that's a lot of touchdowns. And I mean, even if he has 35 touchdowns and 4,000 yards, that's a great season, but that's not enough to make me take him in the second round. That's the thing. He can still finish as the quarterback one, but he can still be a bust if you take him in the second round if he's not putting up 50 touchdowns. No doubt. We're in agreement there. Definitely not touching a second round quarterback. But like you said, we spent way too much time on Patrick Mahomes, so we'll move right on to a guy that we already mentioned here. Our consensus number two quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, and he's actually my quarterback three. He was the quarterback six last season, but that actually felt pretty disappointing considering what you were expecting from Rodgers. There were some weeks where you really just couldn't trust him in your starting lineups. He trashed your team a few times. That definitely sucked if you drafted him high, but the two things that changed for him that really stood out for me were his touchdown rate and his red zone passing attempts. So across his career, like I just said, Aaron Rodgers averaged a touchdown on 6.2% of his attempts. That number dropped to 4.2% in 2018. It's a full 2% decline. And then he usually has right around 100 red zone passing attempts, and he had just 64 in 2018. Now, a lot of that can be attributed to Devontae Adams really being the only option on that offense. Geronimo Allison, he was great when he was healthy, but once he got hurt, none of the really none of the rookies really stepped up. They kind of had a rotating door at who was being productive, and Aaron Rodgers was dealing, with, was dealing with some injuries as well. He got he got hit in week one, and it looked like his season might have been over. But I'm, you know, he's one of the best players of all time. I'm expecting him to bounce back. You know, I'm a little skeptical. He is actually my number two quarterback out of, like, pure respect. (laughs) You know, because he is that good. And and I'm not going to say it's going to be this year. But he is a player that I have on watch and I have noticed. I do think he is starting to decline a little bit. And within the next couple of years, I think you'll be noticing that his game is going to start declining. Uh, like I said, I'm not re- really banking on the fact that it's right now and this year, but definitely something to keep an eye on going forward. And we'll move right on to our number three consensus quarterback in Andrew Luck. Whoop. And how, you, what do you have to say about the Colts, you know? And realistically, look at true fantasy success, and a lot of times the best players are just on the best teams in that year. And that's exactly where I have the Colts up in the top five as an entire team. They play defense. They got a strong offense. And yeah, there might be times where they're in the, in the lead and maybe Andrew Luck doesn't have to throw. But if they have a lead, I'm banking on the fact that it's probably because Andrew Luck already thrown enough touchdowns. Yep. The team is going to be dynamite this year. The Colts have very little to no flaws. And that's that equates the fantasy success for the quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it there. Just under 5,000 yards last season, 39 touchdowns. And that was despite injuries on the offense to running back Marlon Mack, wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, tight end Jack Doyle. You bring all those guys back. Hopefully they're healthy. But you have another year out of running back Naeem Hines with another year of experience there. He showed some solid potential last season. They had a big body wide receiver in free agency uh, with Devin Funchess. And then they grabbed wide receiver Paris Campbell in the draft. So they bring in even more weapons. Hopefully the team's returning healthy and, you know, just... Full head of steam going into 2019. Nothing more to say about Andrew Luck there. So now we'll hop into our consensus number four quarterback, and that is from the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson. And he was actually one of the tougher guys for me to rank. He had an 8.2% touchdown rate in 2018. So if I'm calling for a regression for Patrick Mahomes, I have to assume the same for Russell Wilson. I do think he's a great quarterback. There's just a little bit more uncertainty than I have. I actually have uh, Wilson at five just because I think... There's a little bit more uncertainty with him than the guys I have one through four. 
Doug Baldwin, he may be retiring. We don't know how DK Metcalf will pan out. And they really don't have much else to work with in the passing game outside of Tyler Lockett. We know the Seahawks want to run the ball. And we saw last year, Russell Wilson had the second fewest passing attempts in the NFL. Now, that being said... He is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. He just got paid like it, and he's still probably going to get 400-plus rushing yards on the ground, probably a few rushing touchdowns. He's, he's going to be solid. I think the Seahawks, I think it's time for them. You know, I, I think it's time to let the offense run through Russell Wilson. Every analytical metric in the game today tells you that running the ball is no advantage. The advantage is in the passing game. you got to start throwing the football. It's the only way to win football today. And Russell Wilson, he can do it. He's Like you say, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He can throw. He can run. They just haven't ran the offense through him. It's just what they've been doing since he's younger and a fourth-round pick. So I understand why they did it in the beginning of his career. But it's time to move on from that. It's time to run the offense through Russell Wilson. And as good as he's been for fantasy football... Look for him to get even better going forward. Yeah, and the argument against the regression for his touchdown percentage is if his passing attempts do go up. Yeah. His touchdown percentage can come down, but if he's throwing the ball more, the touchdowns can still balance out there. So we'll just move on to our number five consensus quarterback. And this is Deshaun Watson, someone that I feel personally tied to because I kind of trashed him all last offseason. And he was drafted in a lot of leagues to be a top two player at the position. And I mean, I'm sure you guys remember if you were listening, I was pretty adamant that he was not worthy of that high of a pick. And even though he finished as the quarterback four, I'm still standing by that. So let's just remember, Watson looked like a bust early during the first half of the season. And he really turned things around during the second half. Now, I'll cut him some slack. Maybe he was regaining some confidence coming off of an injury, but regardless, when all was said and done, Watson did have a solid year. I think he put up over 500 yards on the ground, and that's a real difference maker for fantasy football. That's gold for fantasy production, and with another solid year of play, now I'm willing to trust him in that top tier of guys, so he comes in as my number four quarterback. Number five is our consensus, and I wouldn't even argue if you wanted to take him a little bit higher. I'm actually coming full circle on Deshaun Watson here. Yeah, you know I've always been high on Watson. I was high on Watson right from the get in his rookie season. I just believe in the player and that's why he's our number five because he really does round out. He gives you the ability to run. He gives you the ability to throw the football and make big plays and that's always good for fantasy, especially the big plays. He makes big time throws in big time. He makes big time throws at big moments and the good thing is the weapons around him in DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller Any pass can go for a touchdown, and that's points, a lot of yardage, and then bonuses if your league has it. So Deshaun Watson has everything you could want except for a complimentary complimentary run game, and that might even be better for fantasy. So all in on Deshaun Watson. But we'll move right on to my boy, our number six consensus quarterback, and that is Matt Ryan. What could you really say about Matt Ryan? The Falcons investing in the offensive line and Matt Ryan's protection in the draft going offensive guard and offensive tackle both in the first round not to mention Devonta Freeman back healthy this year able to catch and run the ball and Calvin Ridley a second year in the offense absolutely dynamite not to mention not to mention that Matt Ryan never threw for more attempts in his career than with Dirk Cutter as his offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter is back in the building. It is not great for the Atlanta Falcons 
As an Atlanta Falcons fan, I'm a little upset about it. But for Matt Ryan's fantasy impact, it is gold, baby. <laughs> Just close your eyes and air it out, baby. That's what, that's what Dirk Cutter tells his quarterbacks. Pretty much, man. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't be surprised. I'm definitely just leaning on the offensive situation there. I think that's going to be great for fantasy. But my only concerns about Matt Ryan are if you look at the ups and downs of his last four years. So over the last four seasons, he has two years with 35-plus touchdowns and single-digit interceptions. That's awesome. The other two years, 21 or less touchdowns and double-digit interceptions. So we've really seen the peaks and valleys of Matt Ryan's production, but they're in a division with a lot of strong offenses as well. They're going to have to be airing the ball out, but we'll move right on to number seven, and I have New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees. I think we saw the decline a little bit towards the end of last season. He's definitely getting up there in age, and his passing attempts has dropped over the last two or three seasons, so you see the offense shifting away from putting the burden on his shoulders, which is great. As a player, he definitely deserves that, and that offense works better in that fashion when Alvin Kamara is taking some of that workload from him. I just don't think that top five ceiling is really there anymore for Drew Brees. And I agree with you. The only thing that I will say is without Mark Ingram there, the offense will go back towards a more of a passing offense relying on Drew Brees. Not to mention, I really think he's done after the season. I really do. Yeah, I think he's this, definitely getting there. I yeah. think especially after the past two years, the way they <laughs> got eliminated from the playoffs, the yeah. Minnesota miracle, and then the no PI call. That <laughs> If it happens one more time, he's just quitting right there on the spot for sure. He's but... not even taking the bus home. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to keep it rolling, though, here. We have Carson Wentz coming in at number eight, and he really only started 10 games in 2018, but in those 10 games that he was healthy, he averaged 23 fantasy points in each of those games, so that's fantastic. He still has Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey. They added D-Jax in free agency. They're getting a second year from tight end Dallas Goddard, and you add another big body wide receiver, red zone threat, your boy Dan, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside through the draft. I mean, that offense is just set up for fantasy success. The only thing scaring me away from Wentz is that back injury. That's, you know, that's got to concern you. But I think with those weapons, as long as he's healthy, he'll be just as productive as anyone that we have on this list here. Carson Wentz, man, like you say, you're just banking on the fact that the team is great and he has all the potential and all the skill in the world. What scares you about Wentz is the missing the games, the injuries, yep. because when he's on the field, he's electric. He's honestly one of the more exciting quarterbacks to watch in the game today. And we just don't know how mobile he's going to be with that back injury, torn ACL the year before that. In 2018, the games that he was healthy, he ran for just 93 yards. I know it wasn't across the full season. It's still 10 games, though. So if he's not going to be running, he's not going to have that elite ceiling for fantasy football. And like we said at the top of the episode, there's just so many solid options at the quarterback position. I want to limit my risk as much as possible. Moving on to another guy who's real mobile, and he has all the talent in the world, but... What scares you is the injuries, and that is our number nine consensus-ranked quarterback, Cam Newton. He's been excellent. We know you know what the potential is. Former MVP. He can run. He can throw. And he can do it all, but like same deal with Carson Wentz. He just has a lot of injuries. And the other thing that scares me is, in my opinion, the lack of weapons in the offense. You have DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. Greg Olson at the tight end position is coming to the end of his road. And then there's not much else, you know? So you have a really dynamic, young running back and wide receiver, no depth behind either of them, and then an aging tight end. So and not to mention not really an outstanding offensive line. So that's the main problem. I love everything Cam Newton brings to the table. He's not set up for success like some of these other guys. 
Yeah, when Cam Newton is healthy, he's an elite option for fantasy. He finishes a QB1 last year despite his shoulder injury derailing his season. And I really don't have any more to dive into on Cam Newton. He's great when he's on the field. If you want to take the chance, go for it. Just know that you're going to have to probably deal with some injuries, some questionable, some game time decisions. That's just part of the risk you're taking there. And there's really just a lot of what ifs at the quarterback position that I'm avoiding with guys like Cam Newton, uh, Carson Wentz, and this next guy that we're going to be talking. But not for injury concerns. And that's number 10. And that's Cleveland Browns, Baker, Mayfield. And there's so many reasons to love Mayfield going into 2019. Weapons all over the offense. Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, David Njoku. The list just goes on. Of course, we haven't seen the longevity though. So things can go wrong. This can end up being a complete train wreck of an offense. We've seen it happen where things look like the stars are aligning and it just... They're, they don't weld together. The Browns gonna brown, man. <laughs> Browns gonna brown. <laughs> but no, I did like a lot what we saw from Baker Mayfield last year, especially once Freddie Kitchens took over. From week 7 to 16, he was the QB 10, and he had the second highest quarterback rating from inside the 20. That's huge. That means that the touchdowns are gonna be there, at least the opportunities for touchdowns are gonna be there, and that's something you really can't replace for fantasy production. So Baker Mayfield actually comes in at 8 for me. 10 on our consensus. A little bit of uncertainty, but you got to love that upside. I'm all over Baker Mayfield this year because this is a guy that I'm banking on fantasy in every league this year. I think he's going to have a ton of success. He is honestly, in my opinion, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I know he's young and he's got develop he's got development to do to go through, but regardless, skill-wise, he can make every throw. He had 39 Big-time throws, according to Pro Football Focus in 2018. That's the third most since 2006 by any rookie. So he's just making big plays. He put He's putting the ball in the right spot. He's accurate. And honestly, I, I think he's going to be perfect with Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubbs, all the weapons they have, David Njoku. They set him up for success. I think it's time. The Browns are going to have a good season, and Baker Mayfield is going to be at the helm. Top 10 fantasy quarterback, in my opinion. For sure. And now we'll move right along here to our consensus number 11. But we have very different views on this player, and that is quarterback Tom Brady. You're much higher on uh, Brady than I am. I have him all the way down at 17. And he finished 2018 as the QB 14. Not really the Brady season that you would normally expect, especially near the end. He was the QB 25 from weeks 8 to 13. And the big one for me was him putting up one passing touchdown or less in half of his games played. Now he has no Gronkowski, no Josh Gordon. Of course, we both love Nikhil Harry, but rookies don't always pan out right away. And I just think they want to run the ball. They don't want Brady to be airing it out like that. And yeah, you're shaking di- your head. <laughs> I, I, yeah, because I, mean, I disagree. Um, just about everything you said, I had him up at, I had him up in the top five, and that's because I mean he really t- was the QB until Tom Brady is not in the league. <laughs> I will not disrespect him in that way. Mm-hmm. Guess what? There was a once upon a time where they were like, oh no, he don't have Randy Moss anymore. He doesn't have the best wide receiver in history. Well, guess what? He was just fine. Now they've gotten to kill Harry this year, so he's not going to be missing Rob Gronkowski. Or don't worry about that. Last year it did benefit them to run the football. Every season is a new season. Tom Brady expect him to be right back up at the top. We'll definitely have to wait and see how that one plays out. Of course, we've seen Brady, like you said, after they lost Randy Moss. We've seen him produce with lesser weapons on that offense, but this could also be the Brady death year. So just for that, I'm avoiding that situation entirely. But we'll move right on to our number twelve 
quarterback here. And that is Jared Goff. He finishes the QB seven last year. And I just think he's a stable guy. He's in the same offense. Another year from Josh Reynolds, Cooper Cup, hopefully returning, ready to go. I just don't think he provides that top end ceiling on the basis of an entire season, which is what we saw last year. From weeks two to 11, he was the quarterback two. After the bye week, he was the quarterback 26. And, you know, I know Todd Gurley was injured, Cooper Cup was out, and Goff didn't play the full season either. Near the end of the season, they were pulling him out of games early. But he struggled without the run game operating at a high capacity, and a lot of his production came from Robert Woods and Todd Gurley taking short underneath passing plays for big plays and touchdowns. And that's where a lot of his production came from, so I still think he'll be stable. That offense is great. I just don't think he's a top-tier option. Oh, no doubt, because Jared Goff is one of these guys... He's not a top-tier quarterback. Skill-wise, he's just not. He can't make all the throws. He's not prepared. He's just not a top-tier quarterback. But his situation elevates his ranking. For sure. That's why he's up there. Because with Sean McVay at the helm, he's set up for success with the weapons and the system. But we'll move right on. And at this point, just so you know, guys, after this point, we're going to go rapid fire. We're not going to both touch on prospects now. One of us will talk about each prospect. We'll go straight through the list. So we'll start with my number 13 quarterback, and that's Ben Roethlisberger. He was the QB3 last season, and I don't think the offense changes much philosophically without Antonio Brown there. Not at all. Of course, losing a talent like that is never a plus for production, but there's going to be a ton of passing volume, a lot of shotgun. They still have some solid weapons and a strong offensive line. I think the loss of AB lowers Big Ben's ceiling from that top five potential, but he should still be fine. And that's really the theme with a lot of these guys that we're going to be talking about now. There's so many guys later in the draft that you can grab and they're going to be just fine. Unless you're in a super flex league, you can wait on these guys. If you end up streaming, there's going to be plenty of options for you. So I'm really not, it's not that I'm just low on Big Ben. There's just so many good quarterbacks that I could put ahead of him because the position's so deep, but we'll move right on. Up next in our consensus rankings is somebody that I'm also very high on, somebody that I'm riding into my fantasy championships this year, Kyler Murray. And I know you guys might think that that's a little bold, but let me just explain. I have been adamant that Kyler Murray was one of the most risky players in the draft because he has huge potential, but he also has a lot of bust potential. And the reason why is at his size, you are either banking on him being one of the most electric, most dominant quarterbacks in the game, or he's probably not going to pan out. He's not going to be an average quarterback because he can't be. His size doesn't allow him to be. He can't just stand through the in the pocket and throw the football. He can't do it. So he's got to be able to move. He's got to be electric. He's got to be dynamic. And although they didn't really fix that offensive line, they did surround him with a plenty of weapons. Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, David Johnson in the backfield. Yeah, and some mobility will help you escape your offensive line struggles as well. But we'll move right on to our consensus number 14 quarterback. And my number 12, this is Phillip Rivers. And that offense on the LA Chargers is just it's in a good place. They have pass-catching running backs. They have Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is ascending. They have a healthy Hunter Henry returning this year. He's just one of those guys I feel like is a lock for steady production every season. You just know what you're going to get. There's not going to be a lot of huge blow-up games, but he's not going to crush your team either. And that's exactly what he was last season. Another guy that he just doesn't have a ton of upside, but he'll be perfectly steady, reliable option for your fantasy team. No arguments there. We'll move right on to our 15th ranked quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky and Trubisky is another guy who he's only a one-year starter for college so he's still learning the game he's not at his peak performance just yet but his situation elevates his ranking because he is in a good strong offense led by Matt Nagy with 
good weapons on the perimeter. Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, and of course in the backfield with Tariq Cohen, and you add David Montgomery into that mix. So his offense is set up for success, and you know, the one real knock against him is he was very up and down last year. He had four huge weeks that kind of won you your week, but at the same time, he had eight weeks that were complete busts, and you couldn't count on him. And if he was in your starting lineup, it was detrimental to your fantasy team. You know, at the end of the day, it felt like he was much better than he actually was. You couldn't really rely on him. But he does have a ton, ton of talent around him and a great offensive mind head coach. It's a situation worth keeping an eye on. And speaking of a positive situation, the guy that comes in at number 16 for both of us is Kirk Cousins on the Minnesota Vikings. I mean... He has two of the best wide receivers in football. He has a pass-catching running back, Dalvin Cook, hopefully returning healthy this season. And Cousins looked great to start the season. He fell off a little bit towards the end there. And the talent is there. I mean, he had a 70% completion percentage last year, 4,300 yards, 30 touchdowns. That's a great season, but he was just very up and down. So I think he'll be annoying for fantasy. The potential for a blow-up game, especially on that offense, and Kirk Cousins' talent is always there. I just think it's going to be tough being able to trust him week in and week out. That's why I think he comes in a little bit lower for both of us. And up next, our 18th ranked quarterback, Josh Allen. Now, this is a guy that it's hard to move him up the Buffalo Bills. Are you really confident in that team? Josh Allen as a second-year quarterback, are you really confident in him? Well, guess what? I, personally, super confident in the player. I question the success of the team. So I'm a little conflicted with Josh Allen. I really want to like Josh Allen for this year. He offers you the run ability. He offers you the pass ability. The problem is, I don't know if he has the weapons. LaShawn McCoy is his starting running back. And I know they brought in John Brown and Cole Beasley and a couple of guys to complement the passing game, but it's going to be the first year there. Are you really confident in everybody's ability to mesh and be a top-tier offense that's going to offer you a lot of fantasy production? Not so sure. Um, like I said, I want to believe in it. Just got to see it before I'm willing to believe it. So... The jury's still out on Josh Allen. And now coming in at number 19 on our consensus ranks is someone that I have a history tied to me with, and that is Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston. As you guys know, I was super high on him last season, and that kind of got derailed by a crazy, in my opinion, mismanaged season by the Buccaneers coaching staff. And I'm not as high on him this year just because there's, like I've said multiple times, there's so many guys that have less risk, but the potential for a blow-up season is still there. With Bruce Arians taking over as head coach, he likes his quarterback to drive the ball down the field, and they have the weapons to do that. I think wide receiver Chris Godwin is very talented. Mike Evans is in his prime. You have a complete athletic freak and another potential breakout player in tight end OJ Howard. And I know they really focused on their defense in the draft, but I'm not expecting a complete turnaround on that unit, especially in a division with a bunch of great offenses. So game script should still be favorable for fantasy production as well. And you won't have to pay up for him. Just Grab him late, hope he pans out, and if he doesn't, just stream somebody else. It's not a problem. And I know one of the knocks against him across his career has been his interceptions, and he only started nine games last season, and he had the fifth most interceptions in the league. So that's not ideal. But from weeks 11 to 17, he threw 13 touchdowns and just four interceptions. So that's a much different Jameis Winston than we've seen. He's a gunslinging quarterback. He's going to throw some interceptions. He's going to put up big yardage. He's going to put up touchdowns. Um, rounding out our top 20, though, is Dak Prescott. Now, the, the thing is with Dak Prescott is he has a great 
floor because of his running ability. He gets, I don't know, six to ten touchdowns every season or something like that. Like He offers you a very safe baseline because of his running ability. He's actually had six rushing touchdowns in each of his first three seasons. It's the mark of the devil. I'm staying away from him this year. <laughs> I'm just keep him off my fantasy but, teams. That being said, he might offer you a safe floor. He doesn't offer you the highest ceiling. You're not too confident in that passing game there. You're not too confident in his passing abilities. But I will say, to defend him a little bit, it's going to be his fourth full season. Hopefully, he's a little bit more developed as a passer. And it'll be his first full season with Amari Cooper, the best wide receiver he's ever played with. You know, he's I know he had Des Bryant when he first came in, but Bryant was, you know, injured and also aging he wasn't really the ideal wide receiver for a young Dak Prescott but Amari Cooper is a huge step up and hopefully that means more fantasy production for Dak Prescott you like the fact that he offers you a safe rushing baseline yeah now coming into number 21 we have Jimmy Garoppolo and I really don't have much to say about him at all the potential is there and we've seen him on the field he's looked pretty good but we haven't seen him on the field very much I know he tore his ACL last season I don't think that necessarily makes him injury prone so it's not something that I want to overplay and completely move him out of my quarterback two range but then again there's just so many options at the quarterback position I don't know why you would want to take a risk on someone coming off of an ACL tear even though it happened earlier in the season I don't know if you have a different take on this the upside's there that's what keeps him in my top 24 but I'm not very interested yeah, when I see Jimmy Garoppolo, I see extreme value. Because here's why. Because because of the injury and because, you know, like we've seen such a small sample size of him, he's starting to fall down the rankings a little bit. Last year, going into the fantasy season, a lot of people had him in the top 12 um, for fantasy rankings. So what I think is this year, you could really be getting real value. You're not going to take him as your quarterback one, but if you can grab him in the late rounds... There could be extreme value there. And I'll keep the ball rolling here right on to our number 22 quarterback. Dan, I'll let you take over the last two guys. Um, Coming in at number 22 is Lamar Jackson. And you never really got a huge game from him last season, but his rushing ability kept him at a safe floor. Fumbles were the big issue for Lamar Jackson, though, and the lack of explosive plays. There was really no big passing opportunities coming from that offense. Because he can't throw the football. Yeah, he definitely has to improve Why as a passer. Why bring in Marquise Brown if you can't get the ball deep? Yeah, before we can ever consider him as even a borderline quarterback one, he's got to improve as a passer. But I do like how the Ravens implement a ton of design runs for him. we got to see if he can hold up over a full season with that style of play. But you are paying a premium for him. And what I love, he said he's working on his accuracy this offseason. You're a quarterback. What, yeah. Oh, you're working on your accuracy? Like I thought that was hilarious. But no, hopefully he does improve as a passer a little bit. If he does... He can quickly move into an elite option at the position, but until we see that, he's nothing more than a streamer that's going to provide some solid weeks just because he's going to get rushing yardage, he's going to get rushing touchdowns, they add some weapons to the offense, hopefully that complements him well, but until we see differently, he's going to be a back-end quarterback too, over the course of the season for me, plug-and-play guy with plus matchups. Moving right on though, we'll go to Derek Carr, our 23rd ranked quarterback, and what do you really got to say about Derek Carr? The real upside with him right now is that you know, he just gained Antonio Brown, with a, one of the very best wide receivers in the NFL, one of the best route runners, so he gets huge separation. The reason why I say that is because I should be able to throw the football to Antonio Brown. He gets so wide open. Therefore, Derek Carr better not ruin the fact that he has a guy that wide open. And what's kind of dummy proof. And what's <laughs> a little downplayed, they bring in Tyrell Williams. I know he hasn't had an illustrious Huge. career, especially Huge. when you're 
uh, speaking of him in the same breath as Antonio Brown, but that's an awesome compliment to a mm-hmm. route runner like Antonio Brown, someone that can just scorch down the field. Good luck trying to cover both of those guys, and then I'll let you keep going. But No, I, you nailed it right there. I was actually going to talk about it. Ter- Terrell Williams, when you have the ability to take the top off the defense, back those safeties up an extra 5 or 10 yards, whatever it may be, that's what gives an elite route runner like Antonio Brown the ability to work the intermediate route and get that separation. And then not only that, but then the pressure isn't on him right away and he's able to make yards after the catch. He makes plays after the catch, makes people miss. You do have another running back that they brought in and Josh Jacobs who can run, catch, and all that. At the back end of the top 24, it's really as high as you can get him for now. The last guy we'll mention, number 24 overall, we got no stats on him. We got nothing because it's Dwayne Haskins, rookie, and not coming into the best situation, you know? They're not stacked with talent on the perimeter. He doesn't have a ton of offensive weapons, neither behind him nor on the perimeter. But the one thing that he does have is a beast offensive line. He's going to have time in the pocket, and he is an elite passer, probably the best pure passer in the draft this past season. So when you think about Dwayne Haskins, keep him on your quarterback to radar because he's going to be starting from day one and he can throw the football very very well for a rookie quarterback you just question whether the talent around him is going to step up and really contribute but they should be able to put it together being that they have such a strong offensive line that is really what in my opinion is going to lead to young quarterback success so Dwayne Haskins does have that in his favor not to mention Jay Gruden is a good quarterback coach. He's so somebody worth keeping an eye on. We think Dwayne Haskins. And that's all that we have for you guys on episode 56 of the Football MD Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed our early rankings. Remember, these are early rankings for a reason. All of these players are going to fluctuate. Their value is going to change as we get closer to the season, see what happens in the offseason, see if any more free agent pieces land. And we're going to be covering all of that for you all the way up until your draft. And we're going to be doing more rankings episodes once we get closer to draft season but in the meantime make sure you're staying tuned over the next few weeks while we cover the running backs wide receivers and tight ends and make sure you're following us on football md pod on instagram twitter and facebook as well as heading over to footballmdpodcast.com to stay up to date with all of the awesome content that we're putting out every single day for you guys again hope you enjoyed this episode until next time guys <laughs>